I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. Welcome to TFL Talking Trucks podcast and a very special episode indeed. That's right. A lot of you have uh, shown appreciation for us doing these outdoor podcasts, and that's exactly what we're doing. So if you're listening and you hear a little bit of wind rustling or perhaps a bird chirping or Andre barking, that's because we are outdoors and we are standing next to our brand new 2024 Toyota Tacoma. Well, it's not just brand new, it's also all new. All new. This is a new generation of the Tacoma. We are owners at TFL Studios. We purchased it almost two weeks ago, actually exactly two weeks ago. And you might be wondering, all right, so you've owned it for two weeks, what's the big deal, right? (laughs) Um, but this episode is all about our love, things we love about the new Tacoma, yes. and also the things that we don't like, and there are a few. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's meaningful is because we already have almost 2,600 miles on this. Yep, and some of those have been really hard miles. Yeah, because we've done an eye gauntlet, World Toughest Towing Test, we've, done, we've driven it from Texas, we've towed trailers. <laughs> And you just got back from Moab. That's right. We brought this baby, Blueberry, I believe is what you guys call it. Yep. Uh, All the way from Colorado to uh, Utah. We went to Moab, Utah, which is really our second home. And we took this vehicle off-road to Fins and Things, and we put it up against a um, Toyota 4Runner uh, with a TRD off-road package. Uh, Now, granted, this one doesn't have that package, but we wanted to really have a benchmark, right? And so we decided to put it up against that vehicle. And well, in this, we're gonna tell you a little bit about how it performed. In many ways, the performance of the Tacoma has surprised me. And it did things that I didn't expect. But there are a couple issues I really wanna bring up in terms of off-roading this because I was right there and I know exactly what's wrong with it. Okay, well, how about we get to all of those questions? And just so if you guys haven't followed this already, because we've published several videos already, and we will be publishing our Moab adventure very, very soon. Yes. Um, This is a crew cab. 
um, Tacoma, brand new one, uh, short bed. You could get a longer bed, but this is a five foot bed truck. It's a TRD off-road model trim, which means, well, well, we'll talk about what that means. And we do have off-roady tires. And Tommy and Roman also tested it in the snow. Yep. So we have all that knowledge as well. Yeah, in a very short amount of time, we put this through several trials. And one of the reasons why we felt it was so important to jump on this as soon as possible and get as much testing out there as possible is because you are looking at the most popular truck in its class for many, many years. This is basically the F-series of midsize trucks. Am I correct? Exactly. I mean, by far, I mean, they have a huge chunk of the marketplace in the U.S. They sold, I believe, about 230,000 of these or 220,000 of these last year. Right. And even though they had a kind of a shaky January because they're switching over the factories, switching over shipping, uh, I think this is going to be a highly successful truck. And it's quite controversial because of the power plant. Should we go there first? Yep, might as well just uh, go let's, there let's now. Pop, let's pop the hood. You, you're the one who, who did it. It's all you. Let's pop the hood. And while we're doing this, uh, I want to thank a few people. Yes, please do. Uh, Patreon.com slash TFLcar. We really appreciate your support. Um, this is where we can communicate. Nathan, do you want to help me open this? By the way, the hood is much lighter than before. Yeah, I think it's a much lighter metal than before. That's for sure. Um, and it's a totally different design than before. And there's two slots. Look at that. Yeah. So you can have two different heights uh, when you open the hood. Okay. Well, I, for whatever reason. Okay. Well, so new engines, especially like the engine in the new Ranger, which is also turbocharged for the new Tacoma, they're not very uh, pleasing to look at. Well, they don't have a cover over them, and I'm okay with that personally. Yes. Uh, by the way, before we move on, um, let's thank uh, the following people. Jay Brennan, Joe Pastrana, Tim Perot, sorry Tim if I mispronounced it, Hunter Bordeaux, and Brian Aries. Sorry if I mispronounced those names, but these are our recent supporters on Patreon. That, that name, Hunter Bordeaux, is a very cool name. It kind of belongs to someone who's like a pool shark. Uh, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or yeah, someone who's got his own case and everything else. Very, him. very cool name. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool. It's, I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm serious. I think it's just like really cool. Okay, uh, let's talk about this. Now, first of all, as many of you know, the big controversy is the fact that we are no longer talking about any uh, naturally aspirated or normally aspirated engines that are coming from Toyota with the Tacoma. They are all turbocharged in one way or another. Yes, this is a 2.4 liter straight four uh, engine. And with this automatic transmission, which we bought, we bought an eight speed auto, uh, the power numbers are 278 horsepower and 317 pound-feet of torque. If this was a manual truck, because a lot of you uh, wrote comments to us and said, why didn't you buy a manual? Yeah, right? I wrote those comments too. <laughs> uh, the power levels are a little bit lower, yep, about true. 270 and 310. Also, the towing uh, numbers are lower. And also, the RPM range is lower. I mean, the character of the manual transmission truck is quite a bit different. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to buy First of all, a pickup truck that most of you will buy yep. because uh, according to Toyota, about 94% of Tacomas they sell are automatics. That makes sense. And also, we wanted to be first. Yeah, which explains so many things on this truck that we didn't necessarily want or things that we wanted to get on this truck that we weren't able to get. Yeah. Here's a really simple example. Um, 
had we decided to omit certain components on this vehicle, we would probably, we would have had to have waited longer to get it. We had to get the truck as equipped this way in order to get it as early as possible. Well, we knew a couple of things. We knew we needed a TRD off-road. Yep. Because we're in Colorado, off-roading is a big part of what we do at TFL. It is. Uh, I knew I wanted a hitch. <laughs> yes. Because that would be very embarrassing if we bought a truck with no hitch. And thankfully, all of these Tacomas have a hitch. Not all of them have a brake controller, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, which we'll show you inside in a second. But these trucks are rated, <coughs> excuse me, to 6,500 pounds of towing, mm -hmm. which is not class leading. No. Um, but, you know, Toyota is okay with that because if you wanted to tow more, the Tundra is really great at towing. It is indeed. And actually, this is right up there with the Nissan Frontier. I think they're pretty close in terms yeah. of their uh, capability of towing. What's the payload in this one? Oh, well, let's show it. Okay. Uh, because it's not super great, uh, but it's better than before. Now, if I'm let's correct, show that. this is more efficient than the V6, but that's not saying much. What was the uh, combined efficiency on this? Do you recall? Um, well, let's talk about what we got because okay. we were getting great numbers. Yeah. So the payload on this truck is 1,200 pounds. Mm. Uh, okay, right? But your Santa Cruz, for example, <laughs> it's like almost 14, uh, is a little bit more. Yeah. My Chevy Colorado that I purchased last year has 1,500 pounds of payload. Well. So, so this payload is not super super high, but it's better than before. It is, and I, there is a trade-off, and that is, is that this suspension, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit, is absolutely phenomenal for off-roading. But the minute you get an off-road suspension in a majority of the pickup trucks you're buying, you're sacrificing either towing or payload or both. And I think that the payload may suffer because of the off-road package. Yeah, and also side steps and things like that. Yeah, we'll talk about those. Uh, let, me, let me close this. So you asked me about fuel efficiency, yeah. right? Um, usually, what tends to happen with a pickup truck, um, the EPA numbers come out, right? Mm -hmm. And the, really, the highway number on this truck is 23 MPG. And usually, in the real world, for a truck specifically, not a car, for a truck, mm -hmm. those real-world numbers are usually lower. We've seen it with the Ford Ranger. Yes, we did. Right? And we were a little bit disappointed with that, or maybe a lot disappointed. But this truck <laughs> under-promises and over delivers. Okay. Because on the first trip, we received 24.2 MPG on the highway. And well, when we fire this truck up, we can show you the trip meter. Uh, on the way back from Moab, I was talking to Tommy. He drove it. He got 23.9. In yeah. the winter, through the mountains, up and down mountains. And we don't drive slow. Yeah, and following highway speeds, that's really good result for this engine. Yeah, um, yeah, we're not a hyper-myelin group. I'll just put it to you that way. So, relatively efficient, uh, definitely more efficient than the V6. So that's really great. Yes. So that, that, that's, that's a huge thing because we're not disappointed, actually. It's better than they said it would be. And with these tires, let's, let's just show the tires uh, because Toyota was very careful with the tires they chose. BF Goodrich Trail Terrain TA. So this is not a KO2. It's not a KO3. Are these about 32 inch? Uh, approximately 32 inch. They're a little bit smallish. Yeah. Right? But there is a reason for this. Efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. I think they try to balance all terrain, sort of kind of all weather performance with efficiency. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I would agree, and, and this is a really good trade-off. By the way, the performance and the ride quality with these tires is quite good, I think. Um, I admit, I, I'm completely honest, I, I am a BF Goodrich fan. Um, I do think that these are very good tires, a very good compromise for what you're driving. Um, perhaps the only minor issue that you would have with a tire like this is that you're not going to have the same grip as, say, what was that one that we had before this, that, that uh, red truck? That was a... That oh, the Red Tacoma? Yeah. Well, that had even more street-worthy tires. That's exactly my point. Because that was a limited trim. Right, and those and were basically street-biased tires. Yeah. And so around a corner, those things gripped pretty good. I would imagine that these aren't, aren't quite as grippy on the street, but that's the trade-off. Everything else, pretty good. Yeah, because you want to go in the dirt and the mud. And actually, Tommy and Roman, uh, we have a video of this at alltfl.com. They took it in a snowstorm mm -hmm. when we arrived back in Colorado two weeks ago. It right. snowed. And they were actually impressed by the snow performance of this tire. It's not a snowflake rated tire, um, but I believe it's M&S, which is mud and, snow. Uh, mud and snow, basically. There's a tiny M&S right there. Um, and also, it's got this kind of um, faux ring around this wheel, right? Because it kind of makes it look a little bit more macho, as if it had a beadlock, but it doesn't have a beadlock. Not at all. Capability. No, no, it doesn't. Um, I guess while we're here, should we talk about its off-road capability? Because we yeah, already alluded so, to that. Um, give us some information. I don't want to give the entire video of Moab no, away. No, of course not. But, um, but this is very important. Okay, now first of all, the package we have allows us to have a electronically locking rear diff. That is huge. Let's show that. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the center console. Why don't you pop on in there and, and Andre will show you where it is. Right and here. it's, you can clearly see that large knob there as well. Uh, that's where the MTS is located. And pretty much all of your off-road stuff is right there in terms of trail. Uh, kind of like what the A-Track system was doing. This is what it basically you can make this thing do. But yeah, it's in a much more con it, condensed package. And there's also a crawl control button here. Um, remember before, there's some buttons on the ceiling? Exactly, and they're gone. And, and they're now gone. So they kind of took some, some off-road features that used to be up here and down here, and they put them all in one place. Which is exactly, as I, that's, that's why they're all condensed. Yeah, there. exactly, exactly, um, which is good. Um, but no four-wheel drive automatic mode. Not on this one. Yeah, so two high, four high, and four low are available. Now this is just like a lot of other vehicles where it wants you to go into neutral if you go from four high to four low. Yes. Um, but you don't need to really do that for anything else. Also, to be completely honest, the uh, locking rear diff can be a little finicky and sometimes it doesn't immediately lock and you have to drive forward a couple feet or whatever and then it decides to kick in. We well, had that a few that's times. That's been kind of a typical Toyota. Yeah, is it an in-house system? I don't think it's an Eaton or uh, any of those types of uh, I, I'm systems. I'm not sure who makes that. Yeah, that's curious. So, with that in mind and the suspension tuning, I can tell you, and this is with certainty, that they sweated the details when it came to making this off-road capable. 
probably the best tuned suspension Toyota's come up with in a mid-sized truck. However, this is a problem. This are is you, one of the first I, problems. Are you pointing to the uh, steps? Yes, I am. Okay. Now, we recently had a Nissan Frontier come in, yeah. a green one, that had side steps as well. And those steps had bolts in them where you could remove the actual step components. Yeah, this step. The right, this. and then you would still have a slider left behind. Uh -huh. Now, this, A, doesn't allow you to do that, and B, that metal component that they're attached to isn't really a slider. Yeah, uh, I mean, they have different options. Yes. So that's good that they're offering that. Um, I believe this is called, um, I think they call it a predator step or something like that. Yeah, this is um, absolutely ruins your breakover angle. By the way, when we were ordering the truck, um, I said, could you please not include that? Mm -hmm. And they said, sorry, it was already built. Yeah, that's exactly it. So it actually comes, that's how it arrived at the dealership. Yep. So, uh, but it's pretty easy to remove. I think. I was just feeling around underneath. I'm and really looking forward to watching the video where you remove it. <laughs> so, so because this truck is not very big, mm -hmm. really, you don't require steps to climb up well, it. No, you really don't. Now, I know there's some people who are going to argue and say, you know what, I, knew, I know short people who do. And I, I have a sister who is in, considered almost a dwarf. I, she's, you know, like five feet. And yeah, she probably could use that. But here's the thing. Um, for most people getting in and out of a vehicle with side steps, especially if you're in the snow, this is snow country, you're rubbing your pant leg against these more often than not. And you know local Coloradans who have side steps because they have mud all over here on the inside of their pants. Yeah. And that is just a common thing. And it's such a pain in the neck. I, I personally just don't like them. So when we were off-roading, we hit these a lot. All right, and you can watch that video once exactly. again. If it's not published immediately now, it will be in a couple of days, so you could see that and get all the details. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there's a lot of details that we're not gonna be able to bring up here. And there's another one though that you need to see, and it's right over here. Are you talking about this? I am, that is. Now, remember, Andre, people are listening, so yeah. what he's pointing to is our exhaust. Uh, this is the exhaust outlet, mm -hmm. the tip that's on the driver's side. And it has a aftermarket, well, not aftermarket, I'm sorry. This was also a Toyota piece, mm -hmm. which is kind of a dark chrome tip, which makes the exhaust look a little bit more, you know, finished, a little bit more luxurious. But what's the problem with this? Oh, there's several. Uh, really, it's the placement. The main issue is that we scrape that thing more often than not. It's strong. It's still kept well, in shape. It's still circular. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've been known to make things oval, um, doing them off-road on fins and things. But if you look at other vehicles that this competes against, including there are other Toyota products that have a completely different outlet uh, location, this location is bad. And here's where the big problem comes in. Now, if, for those of you who are listening, what I'm doing is I'm pointing by where the mud flap is, which I hate mud flaps, by the way, on these. Yeah. Because they make so much noise when you run over them. Um, but the angle, if you're looking here, almost every time we went over a rock, you could first hear the mud flap and immediately, bango, bango, you would hear okay. this thing getting hit. It's not in a good location. I would relocate that immediately. So I, I actually uh, asked some of the Toyota representatives about this uh -huh. at their original events. And I said, why is this way out here? Why is it not tucked under? And they said, well, of course, there could be many engineering reasons for this, but they said it's, it's higher than the hitch, right? If you look at the hitch, it is a little bit higher. But when you're hitting obstacles not perpendicular, but at an angle, That's this weird. becomes a, a point of where you hit, right? 
it, you have to straddle certain rocks and at a certain point in time, no matter what, you're going to have to go over something that undulates and forces the vehicle to flex, which by the way, we have some great video of this thing uh, doing some good, some fantastic flexing actually. Um, and boom, that hits. Uh, rocks, when you have to go around them and you think your bumper is clear, boom, it hits. Even going down uh, ass scratcher and some of those other obstacles, you're going to hit this thing because it's not perfectly flat. So you are hitting the hitch yeah. and sometimes at the same time you're going to hit that uh, exhaust port as well. Before we move forward, um, I want to thank one of our partners and friends and sponsors ah. of the Tacoma series. Um, it's of course O'Sullivan, a law firm. And we have a brand new sticker that we were just putting on. And I don't know if I'll be able to <laughs> uncover it. But if you have an issue, you know, an accident, something bad happening, uh, no matter where you are, you don't have to be in Colorado. No, anywhere in, in the United States. You should call Scott at O'Sullivan Law Firm first. And if you look in the description of this video, we have the phone number and the website, so check them out, please. Yeah, uh, Scott's been a friend of TFL's for quite some time, so we are speaking from some experience. He's a good guy. Yep, and he also owns a Tacoma, the previous gen. Yeah, I'm curious to what he would think of this one, actually. So uh, for those of you who are listening and you hear the crinkling sound, that's Andre having that satisfying moment of removing the sticker. Oh. He, oh, <laughs> it it went he, back. And it went back. Um, you know, when, when you pull stickers off of your new phone or computer or whatever, Andre, I think, actually keeps the uh, skins that he pulls off of these things for later on, just to relive that moment of satisfaction <laughs> when he's pulled it off. Uh, but there's a lot of fine elements on this sticker. Uh-huh. And it requires precision. Well, that's you. Bam! Look at that. That's gorgeous. That's a lot better than me, because I would have spray painted it on. <laughs> Yeah. So, thank you, O'Sullivan Law Firm. By the way, they, they also are part of Rider Justice, mm -hmm. which is sort of more motorcycle specific. Right. But they do the same type stuff. I believe they work with overlanding as well. Yep. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this truck. Um, so, I, I can't go into too many details with its off-roading prowess because uh, that's a whole video in itself. And there's just a lot that happened during that time. But as I said, there are just a couple minor issues. Really, it's the steps and it was this um, exhaust that were really, in my mind, the biggest issues. Traction, excellent. Articulation, as I said, this thing flexed beautifully. The articulation was better, Andre, than I expected. But, but there's something else that's really important. By the way, before you move on, uh, really quickly, we did not get the disconnectable front sway bar. No, we didn't. Because it's a feature that would have been, you know, made this truck later, mm -hmm. and we didn't want to wait. Yeah, it's interesting. We could actually, you know, a la carte some of these things, which is kind of cool, but the reason we didn't do that is because we didn't want to wait. We wanted to be within the first to get this truck and review it, and honestly, yeah. honestly, it didn't need it. It really didn't. As That's what I was wondering. It yeah. barely needed the locker with, I mean, with fins and things, it's not that challenging for a truck like this. There's that one spot with One Tree Hill, which is really slippery, stuff like that. I mean, it could really use it in some spots, but the bottom line is that a truck like this, not a problem. Here's the good news too. In the near future, this vehicle and the way it's trimmed out and everything and its capabilities are very similar to Andre's with his Trail Boss. Mm -hmm. um, this does have cruise control. But the, the other thing is that this truck and your truck, uh, four cylinder turbocharged engines, 
eight-speed automatic transmissions. Yes. I think they probably are relatively similar in weight, although I believe you're both tows and hauls more, if I'm correct. Exactly. So the Colorado is 7,700 pounds of towing, which That's is a lot what, more. 1,200 pounds more. Yeah. And my payload's about 300 pounds more than this. I mean, that, those are um, both noticeably more. And by the way, um, if you walk over here with us just for one more second, we I, I did say that we love the efficiency. Yeah. But we don't love that they made the tank smaller. You would think it would go together, right? The better yeah. efficiency and smaller tanks, you wouldn't care. But after towing with this truck and you're losing what, you're decreasing your efficiency at least by twofold, yeah. right? The range while towing is not very good. So it's having that like, tiny gas tank means it's like having a thimble in there and you have to refill well, it again and well, again and again. Well, it's not super tiny. It's really like almost 18 gallons. That's no good. But, but when you're getting what, like 12 MPG while towing, all of a sudden you can go 150 miles or 200 miles and bam, you have to refuel. Andre, my tiny little Santa Cruz. Yes. I think it's tank is bigger. Uh, I'm just okay. saying, Okay. you know, yeah, um, there's one more thing before we move on. Uh -huh. um, let me fire this truck up. Um, and you can look at the gauge cluster because Tommy and I, and I think you would agree, uh, we noticed something. We noticed the fuel gauge is weird. Let me show you. So we're firing up the truck. Yes. Yes. Hey, Nathan, check it out. So the fuel gauge is down here. Mm -hmm. And it shows full. Yeah. Well, Tommy filled up like yesterday. Uh-huh. And this is like, it's programmed like an old school GM gauge oh, where it no. goes, it stays full for like the first 80 miles or so. Then it drops. And then it drops really fast and really quick. So it's not like a linear estimation of range. I, I see what your problem is. And I didn't even realize that um, even though I've driven this thing. That sucks. I, I'm sorry, I don't like well, that at all. Well, I mean, like the miles to empty is relatively accurate. Yeah. But the gauge bar itself well, is That's like, the first thing you look at when you're on the highway yeah. is the gauge bar. So, I mean, if it's showing that you're nearly full, but really you're at, you know, half a tank or near half yeah. a tank, that's yeah. an issue. Yeah. But, but, okay, with that negative being thrown out there, I want to talk about exactly what you're going through right now. What? Comfort. Oh. Way better. <laughs> Way better. Dude, the seat, you know, we've complained, you and I have complained for years uh, about, you know, the kind of the, you sitting on the floor in yep. the previous Tacomas and your legs were straight out. Yeah. They totally raised the cushion. And the seat, this is a cloth seat. Yeah. So this is not a premium, but I don't care. It feels great. I drove, uh, we drove them in both the, the, the more premium version of this, right? Yeah. And that one and this one combined. Actually, no problems whatsoever as far as I was concerned. I don't mind the size of the screen. I, don't, I love the switch layout, how simple those are. Um, all of that to me is just really good stuff. All in all, I find this to be a much more comfortable, usable cab than before. No doubt. Yes. Oh, and by the way, 23.3. Uh, um, that's with our city driving that we did this morning. Yeah. yeah. So that's still a really good efficiency for a truck like this. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to say one more thing about this, which is huge. We were talking about power. Yes. Driving this off-road and on-road, the power delivery, and a lot of you guys are worried about uh, turbochargers when it comes to 
how they spool up when you're going up and over an obstacle. And you have a right to be worried in some cases, but with this one, it's a like a mellow turbocharger. It doesn't stab you in the back the minute it kicks in and gives you the extra power. It's much more linear. And because of that, A, really good power, but B, good power off-road to where you're delivering it when you need to crawl slowly up and over an obstacle and you're not flying over the obstacle because you misjudged where the power comes in. I thought it worked brilliantly. And in four low, it also was it, relatively yeah, smooth? Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh -huh. I kept it in four low pretty much the entire time. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I have a couple of other comments. First, uh -huh. a really positive one and also a negative one. Okay. Uh, first of all, every new Tacoma has Toyota Safety Sense Driver Assistance Technology 3.0 which is great mm -hmm. because no matter which truck you buy, you have that. Yep. Uh, so you have adaptive cruise control system. You have lane centering. Um, you also have some premium features if you buy the, the top of the line trucks. Uh, but look at this, even in my screen here, uh, you could see a lot of symbols, adaptive cruise control mode, the distance control. Uh, that's amazing. On the, on the flip side, Toyota vehicles, First of all, they have a lot of acronyms. Yes. It could be kind of confusing. And also a lot of warning messages and bings and bongs. It keeps like... Uh, that it does drive yeah. me crazy. Now, does even the standard model get that uh, uh, that screen? Oh, the big digital screen? Yeah. No. So I drove a work truck Tacoma uh -huh. SR at the event, and they have uh, analog speedometer and tachometer uh, and then a little screen in the middle okay so it's a little, looks a little bit different the little screen in the middle that sounds similar to the old one yeah kind of okay but that's how you save money and we'll talk about price in a few minutes which yes. is kind of a negative now uh for those of you who are listening i'm going to instruct the cameraman to look at this unusual little component what right here <laughs> okay so this is where the uh the uh a beam is there is a um hand hold sort of thing here you're looking on the passenger side a pillar right yeah and it is um i guess if you're getting into the car or the truck sorry i guess the, that its purpose is for that you know they were just showing a video um on during super bowl where there's the oh crap bar or yes. whatever the oh my god bar that's i guess what this is supposed to be well there's another one above your yeah, head yeah there's this one which, which is, is normal yeah that's normal uh, so, but this one it, i would expect it to be a loop and it's not a loop it's basically a solid piece of plastic that you can't put your hand all the way through you know it's funny that you mentioned it also because mr truck was in this truck uh-huh uh, during the eye gauntlet right. uh, we can talk a little bit more about that how it tows um and the first thing he went he went for because that's kind of you used to that yeah grab right used to grab it and he's like what is this andre it's not actually grab it. It's kind of like a ledge, as if you're mountain climbing. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a ledge in here that has, you know, it, it, it's got a nice area to, to grip, I suppose, but only from one angle. You can't really do anything from it when you're inside the vehicle. The only purpose I can really see for this is an area to grab in order to help you pull yourself up into the cab. Yes. That's all I got. Yes. Um, also, the screen... Uh, we bought a basic TRD off-road I don't mind the screen size at all, uh, personally. The screen is okay, and you have um, Apple CarPlay, mm -hmm. Android Auto, but this little volume knob, it, it has a knob, 
but it's itty bitty bitty bitty. It is really small, and unfortunately, you don't have another knob for tuning. What what's? It's such a weird contrast because then if you look below it, about six inches, you have these giant <laughs> knobs for the heating air conditioning system. Yeah. This doesn't have a dual zone climate. I believe you can get that in the higher end ones. But it is an auto system. Yeah, it is an this auto is, system, and I love these knobs, and they click nicely, and they have a rubber finish on the end of them. So if you have gloves, you can really do that. Uh, and then these toggle switches below that, all again for the heating and air conditioning system. Really brilliant placement. I really like the way they did that. Yes, I also love the way uh, where they put the ignition button, yeah. which is up high, super visible, because some of the other trucks, they hide it kind of on the steering column or somewhere here. Um, this is very visible. We don't have a uh, trailer brake controller. Like I mentioned, there's an we, empty space. Is that where it would go? Um, where you're, okay. It's hard to see. Uh, so let the me space get that he's referring to is about six or seven inches underneath where the starter is. So it would be next to the steering column. Yes. And there's an empty space there where they just basically put what looks like a coin holder in it. Uh, but that is where the trailer brake controller should go. And you could buy that also, but it requires an additional package. Right, right? which so. would have meant we had to have waited. Now, the good news is we have a remote trailer brake controller system that we're able to use. And, and we did use that. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we use, and it works just fine. But um, yeah, it is kind of a bummer that we weren't able to get that with this one. And also my other, uh, since we're here, um, also kind of hard plastics um, in some places. There's not nothing kind of about this. This plastic that they're using here is the same stuff that you use on utensils when you go to a cafeteria. I mean, it is just super cheap feeling, and I'm not a big fan of that at all, considering that this is a not cheap vehicle. There's also other plastics in here that, frankly, compared to, say, your Chevrolet or at least the previous model Fords are kind of comparable, if not worse. Uh, I'm but, sorry to say. But your elbow support on the door is okay-ish, isn't it? No. It's, no? It, well, feel it. Feel it with your hand. Well, the, but I've, I've, it's a shelf. I mean, it's a shelf, but you, it's a hard shelf. You always talk about somewhere to put your elbow. Yes, and they yes, give yes, you a yes. Shelf. There's a place to put my elbow, but I want a soft place to put my elbow. <laughs> now below that, there's a place to put your elbow on the there's a padded section yeah, on here. the door, which is typical for most cars. But yeah, um, if you go to a premium pickup truck or higher level pickup trucks, in most cases, this the area where you put your arm, if you're going to rest it, if you open the window, usually has some sort of padding to it. This one. That is not padding, that is a hard piece of plastic. All right, do you want to shut down the engine? I think we're kind of done looking at uh, some of the tech features. Um, I just, before, I want to get, I want to show the back seat, but before we do that, I also want to say that this truck surprised me in a good way on the iGauntlet, Nathan. Um, it, was a, it was a really good towing vehicle. It was efficient. Didn't struggle, did it? It didn't struggle. So on paper, the torque, 317 pound-feet of torque. Doesn't sound like that huge. No, there's other trucks that put out more. But it was just fine. It, it was, it was uh, I think they struck a balance between efficiency and towing. Yeah. Um, so I'm just about 6'3". Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sitting in the back. Just about 6'1". And so I, the seat is about, almost as far back as it can go, but not completely. It can go back probably another inch. So you have just enough room for you. Yes to sit back there, but you're sitting very, you're almost bolt upright. Almost bolt upright. And your my hair is touching. Rubbing. My yeah. hair is touching the ceiling. But you know, this is typical of most mid-size pickups. I believe your Chevrolet is about the same. Yes. And when I take my family on our trips in the summer in my Chevy Colorado, uh -huh. I have to move my seat a little bit further up 
to let my son or you know my daughter actually be more comfortable in the back. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the concession you have to make with a mid-size truck. Yeah, I had to do the same thing inside a little tiny Santa Cruz that I own. By the way, here. What is this? That is, my friend, something we found on the trail when we were running around fins and things in Moab. That is a one inch uh, hitch that I'm pretty little, sure came off a side by side. Little you, baby hitch? It's a baby hitch. Yes. I figured you could always use it in your collection because you have such a collection. Um, and well, that hitch, you. if you look at the top of it, how it's been rubbed away, the top of it, uh, nope, oh, flip it over. There you oh, go. Oh, here. Right. I think it oh. was installed upside down. Oh yeah, it was like And they this. were using it as a uh, something to save the rear end of their little vehicle going down some of those sharp um, drops. Yeah, you could see it's really this. It's steel, pretty, yeah, they really scratched. crunched it. So um, I think they put it in upside down. Well, I appreciate it as a gift. Yeah, Thank there you, you go. That, that That's just a little, uh, little something something from um, Moab there. Um, I want to say- underneath the seat. Yes, that's exactly what I was hoping you to do. Okay, there we go. So. Now there's a strap to hold that in place, I believe, isn't there? Oh yes, that's kind of strange. There's a strap that you can kind of tie tie the seat upright. Right, to just prevent it from coming down. But then underneath the seat, in the back. Oh, is this my cloth? Uh, well, it's not my cloth. Yeah, it could be a loincloth. Uh, so underneath <laughs> here, there is uh, some space. I would say there's about enough space down here to put down all of the essentials for basic off-roading, like snatch gear, uh, you know, a first aid kit, uh, hitch uh, components and whatnot. You could probably put all of those down here underneath the seats without much of a problem. It's a pretty good amount of storage, um, but it doesn't go all the way through, so it's not equal. On the opposite side behind the passenger seat, there is some section here where you open it up and there's this big box that's sort of blocking it. And I don't really know what's in here, probably you know, electronics. You know, that's very similar to what's happening in my Colorado oh, yeah? truck. And I actually spoke to some engineers at GM. Uh -huh. um, there's different components there. Sometimes um, part of um, either the vehicle dynamics systems or audio systems. Sometimes there's like a... I think a subwoofer would go there nicely, but that's not what this is. No, that's not a subwoofer. Anyways, but but you know how in the full-size truck, that space is usually fully clear? Yeah. And mid-size trucks don't give you as much space. Well, really. that's the bottom line, is that they got to find the space somewhere, right? And yeah. so it, it makes sense that they would use that. Um, but there is still a decent amount of storage down here underneath, which I do like. And another thing, for those of you who are listening, they love branding this thing. So in the very middle of the underside storage section here underneath the uh, rear seat, it has in giant letters Tacoma, in case you forgot what, you, uh, what you're opening up there. And Nathan, while we're here, can you point to the back of the center? Sure, um, down here. There's a 12 volt. Can you show that? Yep, here we go. So I'm lifting up a 12 volt right here. And just above that are cup holders. Hey, Andre, the back seat of your vehicle, do you have air vents? Yes. This one doesn't. What? Do you see any air vents, Ezzy? No. I said Ezzy. My God, I just called you my son's uh, name. Uh, well, you've so done old. worse. I've done worse. You've done worse. My God. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't see any vents. But also, we had a question from one of our viewers. Uh, uh, they wanted more power outlets. Yes, mm. you get one in the back. Yeah. But I'm a little bit bummed. You know, I, I want a 120 volt system. Right. And actually more wattage in my trucks. So I, I tend to like, you know, a lot of power, especially if you're playing games, charging phones, 
going on a long trip. At the know. very least, a couple USB-Cs, which I'm seeing everywhere now, and it's not there. So that's kind of a bummer. There is, by the way, a hidden USB-C outlet that's up front that a lot of people don't know about. If you want to come around to the passenger side of oh, the vehicle. Oh, yeah, let's, let's take a look. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, so if you're looking at the actual screen in the center, if you look to the upper corner of it, just hidden off to the side, there's a little USB-C um, outlet right there that... Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of hidden and uh, is an extra one that I didn't know about until we were off-roading. <laughs> but you know, that's great because um, you could put a phone in this little shelf. Right, there's a shelf above the glove compartment that Andre's pointing at, and that shelf would hold a phone just fine. And you could charge it at the same time, exactly. which is amazing. Yeah, that, that's a really good feature. I wanted to show something that we forgot to show before. Okay, let's do it. But is it on both sides? Uh, yes, it's on both sides, but we didn't buy that feature. So if I, if, wait a minute. So if I hit this button here, nothing happened. Oh no! Andre, I'm very so, disappointed. So what I'm talking about is that on the taillights, uh, like on the Tundra, yeah. they have a section, a pad, that you can press and it will release the tailgate. Yeah, um, and it's really clever. And they, on the Tacoma, they put it on both sides. Right, they did, except for ours. Because except you guys cheaped out. Yeah, we didn't buy that feature. Damn it! Ugh. So I'm pushing this and nothing's happening. I thought that this was like, oh, Roman locked it. That's why it's not opening. <laughs> There's no pad here. I'm just an idiot. Okay, but that's the what, regular okay. tailgate still opens. And it is dampened, which yeah. is great. And it doesn't weigh much either. Actually, this is this is really light too. And also it's, you know, assisted a little bit. But um, I did like the size of this, the depth of it. And at the same time, they're still using the composite materials they did on the previous vehicle, yeah, which I'm look, very happy about. It's easy for me to reach into the bed. Exactly. And I'm shorter than Andre, uh, but even with my ape arms, not a problem for me to reach in there and touch that. And yeah. I, that's a really big deal to a lot of people. If you look at most full-size trucks, you will be hard-pressed in order to reach in and actually touch the bed of the vehicle without opening the tailgate and going through the back. Yeah, a couple of other items. For example, uh, we did not get uh, a heated rear glass. Or an opening rear glass. Or an opening rear glass. The space in the, in the back of the cab usually houses a camera that we also didn't get because, you know, we didn't get the 360, a full a suite of cameras right. uh, on this truck. So yeah, this truck, even though it's got a lot of good off-road features like you described, it tows trailers quite well, uh -huh. has good efficiency, it's still missing a lot of different features. I would agree with you 100%, but this is the price we pay in order to get our hands on this thing first. So I guess we'll uh, have to deal with that. I'm still very happy with the truck though. I gotta tell you, the power is really good and going up and over the hills. I, last year I took, or the, the year before I took a Tacoma up and over the hills to Easter Jeep Safari. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this completely outperformed it going up and over the hills by a huge margin. So it, that's something that's noteworthy. So we should probably um, start uh, wrapping this up and talk about the price, am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I, before we start uh, talking about the price, I also wanted to point out Toyota added high lift jack tow points here Yeah, in the back. two of them. Uh, by the rear hitch area in the rear bumper. Not all of them have this feature, but the TRD Off-Road does. I th yeah, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm willing to bet that the uh, TRD Off-Road Pro most likely has it as well. Yeah, the Pro and also the Trail Hunter that's coming. Mm -hmm. uh, you also might be wondering, when is, why didn't you buy a hybrid? 
Well, yeah, let's talk not about available that. yet. Either. Exactly. Um, so I believe we're still a few months away from even seeing the, the hybrids on the on the um, highway, right? I mean, well, they said spring, right? Right. So Toyota said spring of this year we'll see the hybrid powertrain. By the way, the hybrid Tacomas will have the exact same turbocharged engine, right? But there'll be an electric motor sandwiched between the engine and the transmission. Just like they did with the uh, Tundra. Exactly. And then they actually took the electric motor and the battery out of the Tundra and somehow packaged it in the Tacoma. Did they put it under the, the rear seat, you think? Yes, they did. So that storage area uh, but, would but be gone. But the Tundra rear seat is bigger than this. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, exactly how they did this. We'll have to do another video when we get the truck um, to, to look at that. Well, the good news is you tend to bother, sorry, you tend to interview a lot of those guys I do. And, I do bother them and, a lot. And, and insist on them, you know, telling us how they came about figuring these things out, right? How did you manage to put in this battery, which is probably pretty heavy, into this vehicle? Because they're using nickel metal chemistry. Hydride, right? yeah, yeah, chemistry is not lithium-ion chemistries uh, for a reason, right? Durability and longevity are some of those reasons for yep. Toyota. But we can easily assume that those vehicles will be far more expensive than this one that we purchased. Now, once again, this is not the entry-level truck, not by any means. This is much higher up on that list. Yeah. I would say mid-level, actually, is where so, I would put this. Yeah, if you bought a two-door, two-wheel drive SR, base, base, base Tacoma, that's around 33000 Okay. It's slightly more, or actually maybe about almost three grand more than the previous generation. Yeah. Uh, but... The base TRD off-road truck is about $44,500. We paid $45,300 for this because we do have that exhaust tip, side steps, and mud flaps. All of which I'd like to remove. Which, <laughs> I mean, seriously, Roman's going to see me at the office with a sawzall saying, you're about to lose a couple grand, my friend. <laughs> I'm so. sorry. It's, and it... I'm only being honest about what I um, am not pleased with with this truck, but the good news is that many of you guys might really like those steps or like that exhaust or even the mud flaps. Um, well, generally mud flaps are good because, especially in the winter, you mm -hmm. know, preventing the snow from hitting your side of the truck. Or people that are on the highway that yeah. are next to you. But if you're serious about off-roading, at the very least getting the... Um, the ones that are far more flexible, it, I would recommend. These things are very hard and they make an awful lot of noise when they scrape over things. So, yeah, so for the price, I think it's getting a little bit pricey, but I think you could see Toyota spent a lot of time on this truck. You know, the frame is new, the interior is redesigned. They, they touched basically everything on this truck. Yeah, I think uh, you're exactly to, right. To change it. This is more expensive than your truck. But quite a bit. Yeah. I, I just priced out a 2024 version of my truck, my Trail Boss, uh -huh. and the price increased a little bit to about 41800 But that's still like almost three grand, $3,500 less than this. That is a pretty significant yeah. thing. So the, I guess the question really is, what are you getting for the money? And I think the bottom line, at least for now, is this. Are you pointing to the Toyota logo? Yep, that's right. I'm pointing to the Toyota logo because Toyota has made an absolute business out of the fact that they are known for being the reliability company. And even though we've only put on a few thousand miles on this thing, at least so far, so good. 
2,600 miles once again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot in a very short amount of time. Two weeks. Yeah, and also off-roading and towing and yeah. everything else we've done to it. So, so far so good. And that's what we're going to see is, is this a reliable Toyota? And that's why we bought it. We're going to keep it for a while. Yeah, and we're expecting to keep it at least about a year. At least. Um, so, so we might be able, we might have a lot of miles on this truck. Oh, I think so. And uh, potentially 20,000 miles because we want to go, we, we're not done. <laughs> uh, we want to go to many different events, including some Overland shows. Yeah, we want to upfit this thing too and add some stuff to it. Yeah, so we, I, I still want to do at least another controlled efficiency test. I want to do a little bit of fun drag racing uh -huh. um, against previous generations and also competition mm -hmm. before we actually you know, add something to it. Uh, right. We do have a camper shell coming. Mm. And Roman and I, and I think you would agree, we want to put a little bit, bit taller tire on this. I would agree 100%. So, because it's about the look and the capability as well. Sure. Makes the truck look proportional, makes the truck... By the way, we don't have a chin. Yes, thank God. Which, which some wow. Tacomas have. Well, the one we that we tested... The one we tested earlier... Uh, we actually removed that chin and did a uh, economy loop with it on and off. And uh, we were, well, you'll have to watch the video to actually see what the results are, but they're definitely worth seeing because it's not quite what we expected. But without the chin, it looks far better. It looks like a Tacoma, yeah. like a proper shape. And by the way, we do have toe points in the front. Yes! I know we, you know, we talked about this on the Tundra, but we do have they're tucked under, they're out of the way, but they're there. I'm completely fine with them being out of the way. As long as they're there, that is very important to me. I know some people don't care about it, fine. But for me, at least, as someone who goes off-road very often, I want them there. Yeah, so overall, I would say super positive. I mean, yeah. we did point out some, some shortcomings. Yeah, and minor some, ones, though. So, yeah. I really think that Toyota did a fantastic job bringing out an all-new truck and at the same time keeping it sort of familiar. You know what I mean? You know what? Uh, when um, we were doing the uh, I gauntlet with uh -huh. Mr. Truck, um, I was talking to Mr. Truck and also Roman called us, and we they all asked me, which truck would I leave with if I had a choice? Should I keep my Colorado or this? And I basically almost said this. The only thing that stopped me was the payload. I, I wanted a little bit more payload on this truck. Uh, because I do, once again, tow a boat to the lake in the summer right. with all my entire family and stuff in the truck. So that's the only thing that didn't push me over the edge. That's interesting. So Roman didn't bother asking me, neither did uh, Mr. <laughs> truck or Andre, if I would leave with this or my... Um... I'm sorry. Nathan, would you leave with this versus your Santa Cruz? This. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> of course I would take this. More power. Okay. Pretty much the same mileage, capability, up the yang, toes better. Oh, that's a great point. I mean, in the real world conditions, you're seeing almost the same economy in your little Santa Cruz as this. I'm getting around 25 and change. Is what That's what's happening, and that's with that um, trail train tire. Uh, and non-turbo. Non-turbo. Non yeah. This is this is the regular transmission and everything else. So this vehicle is nearly as efficient, yet this is a heavier-duty vehicle. I'm a little disappointed, to be honest with you. It's probably the, my biggest disappointment with that Hyundai. Also, that Hyundai, $32,000. This, $45,000. Yeah. So there's another reason why I don't have this. But 
uh, yeah, this, this is, I'm really impressed with Toyota in terms of what they've done, how they've done it, and I'm really looking forward to what we're going to be doing with this vehicle in the near future. Well, thanks for joining us once again. I hope you enjoyed this kind of outdoor walk-around style podcast. Yeah. Even if you're listening to it, I think, um, you know, we shared, you know, everything basically that we have done with this truck and all of our impressions over the last two plus weeks and also almost 3,000 miles. Can I say one final thing before we go? What's up? I think it looks like the business, dude. You it's like a, blueberry? I, it's a good looking truck. I was worried that this blue was going to be dark. It's not that but dark. But it pops in the sun. Yeah, as long it, as the sun does, is out, it looks yeah. great. Otherwise, it's a little too dark. But it pops. Yeah, it's a good looking truck. All right, guys, thanks. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time.